You are listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. The podcast that reduces that sense of feeling overwhelmed when you think about your retirement. You can go from woe to wow with your retirement plan. I'm your host, Estelle Kelly. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Desire to Retire, Ready or Not. We all know what we are retiring from. Less certain is what we are retiring to. So, hello, I'm Estelle Kelly and I am a retirement life coach. And today I'm with Alice Mantell, a Sydney-based lawyer and author. And today together we hope to dispel some of the unknowns and uncertainties that professionals face when they begin to think about retirement. We will impart some helpful information to enable listeners to face retirement and retirement planning without fear. Alice is the author of this book in hard copy or electronic version, and it's called Every Woman's Guide to Retirement, and it's available on Alice's website, mantelladvisory.com.au. Now, this series has been called Retirement, Facing Retirement Without Fear, and we've covered future-proofing your retirement, concrete steps to take um, towards a good retirement. And But today, oh, and, and look, we've covered finances and legal issues. Go back and check out the, our previous episodes. But today we're turning the tables. Alice is going to interview me. So, Alice, where would you like to begin? Ah, yes, I've been waiting for this. Because, <laughs> um, Estelle, you've asked me a lot about my expertise. Now I'm going to ask you about yours. So one of the things that I find really intriguing is finding out what is life coaching? I've barely ever heard of this word, these words. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> so life coaching is a means to support people um, achieve a change in their life. Uh, it's like walking beside them um, as they make a change. Um, it's uh, there to support the client. They have, uh, if we look at our whole life, we have areas of our life that we're, you know, they're not working as well as we would like them to. And a life coach might use a, a tool like a wheel of life and um, the client can look at uh, what they rate, how they rate their relationships, their finances, their work-life balance, their health. And there's one of those areas that they're just not happy about at that time of their life. So the life coach walks beside that person while they um, go about making those changes. Well, there's some things that life coaching can't do for you. Yeah, the, the thing that it is not is it is not mentoring. It is not counselling or psychotherapy. Um, and it's not actually giving advice. Um, the, it's really ideal when the client um, comes to their own solution to their problem. And that's the life coach's job is to look at the big picture, ask the questions so that it changes the thinking or the way that the, see, the client sees their life. And how do you do that? Okay, that's a great question, Alice. 
So when a life coach meets with a client, um, they, uh, the question from the life coach after having a bit of a chat and establishing some rapport, it goes something like this. Um, there's an invitation from the life coach to the client to tell their story. What is it? That, what's, that, what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about today? Now, the job of the life coach is to listen and listen deeply to the client's story and give them a lot of space to tell that story. Try not to interrupt, okay? So it's not quite like counselling. No, it's not. It's a, you could say it's a lesser version of counselling in that it's um, a lot of research has been done in neuroscience now so that we know how people's, we've got more of an understanding of what goes on in people's brains when they're dealing with a problem in their life. Um, no, the counsellor is more likely to look at the um, issue that the client brings and tries to delve into why that might have impacted. What is it that's impacting their client's behaviour now? Was it because they had a deprived childhood? Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's a, it tends to be a backwards-looking Mm. Uh, way of managing an issue, um, learning from the past, whereas life coaching is very solution-focused and it's very forward-looking. Mm. How, how do you think that applies to retirement? Because you're the first person I had ever met who described themselves as being a <laughs> retirement life coach. So that's a whole new step, isn't it? Um, Yes. <laughs> Retirement um, is, is something that people really look forward to in life. You know, that's the time to kick back, take it easy and choose what you do want to do. But for some people, it can be a time of great challenge. Um, mm. And it's even on um, the Ray and Holmes stress scale of for life events, it's, it rates us number 10 it's in the top 10 of stressful events in life and that is because there's this huge change from being in the full-time workplace where the focus is work and your energy goes into work and sure you've got a home life and you've you've got relationships mm. and that but um all of a sudden that's not there so who are you when you're not yeah, a Whatever you are, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it, I can really empathise with that because when I was thinking about uh, retiring from law, I, I really wondered what, what, who was I going to be? What was I going mm, to do? Mm. And there's all those questions about the securities that you've had mm. around you for decades and all of a sudden they change. Like where do you get your security from? Who provides it for you? Is it just something that you draw from within yourself or do you rely on those people around you for your security? I, I would say that a professional person really relies a lot on their professional identity. So me as a lawyer, you know, being a lawyer gives you a certain status in your, in your working life and people treat you in a certain way because they expect you to have a certain amount of expertise or experience, that kind of thing. And walking away from that, 
was very confronting for me. Um, and, and I wasn't really quite sure what it was I was going, going to, you know, as you started off saying, you know, what, what will I do instead of, of doing this, you know, where I have been sort of a regarded person to being a disregarded person? Well, that's the fear is that um, when we retire that we'll just fade away into nothing, into mm. old age, and we won't be contributing anymore you know, that you uh, disappear and um, that's an old-fashioned version of retirement. Retirement oh. now is so different. <laughs> How is it different? <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, in um, I'm thinking of the history of retirement in Australia. Um, for my, um, I'm thinking of my grandparents. Now, they didn't live as, as long as what I'm expected to live. They retired off the farm into the town and um, they sort of sat at home and received visitors and went shopping down the local street, that sort of thing. It was a very quiet life, but they um, died at, I know, um, my grandmother, uh, she, well, they both died in their early 70s. Yes. Whereas nowadays, you know, I'm expected to live until I'm 85, nearly 85. So that's a big difference if we take retirement age at 65. So, yeah, that's yeah. another 20 years, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So the sort of people that, that would be wanting your services, do, do they have those sorts of dilemmas? Are they worried about leaving work? They are um, like things. They've been in the workforce for a while, and things have changed, and, and they're feeling a bit overwhelmed. Um, like I'm thinking of Rick. Um, now Rick was 63. He retired at Christmas time. He'd been in the university sector all his life as an educator and an IT person, and he he knew he had enough money to retire. Uh, it was fine. But one of the reasons he gave for why he didn't work, keep working longer was that there'd that been that many restructures in his job um, that it, it was no longer valuable to him or gave him a sense of satisfaction. In fact, he even said that um, his last role at the university, um, he could do it. He could do it very easily but it didn't give him a lot of satisfaction. He felt that his volunteer work that he did on the weekends added more value to the local community and society. So, yeah, so it was easy for him because at least he had enough, he knew he had enough money. But mm. what if you don't have enough money to retire? You, or rather, maybe not have enough, but you're worried about how much money you're going to have. And it's usually the first thing that people think of when they think about retirement is, oh, will I have enough money to last mm. me in the rest of my life? And, um, look, we, we don't always have enough money to last until the rest of our life, but there's a lot of value in the non-financial aspect of retirement, and that's where the life coach comes in, is to... Um, work with the client so that they can work out uh, what it is they do value in their life mm. and um, what is 
going to be possible for them to do, even on a limited um, income, so that, Is that uh, yeah, 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 learning how, learning how to use the resources that you've already got around you. You don't always see them until you're prompted to have a good hard look, um, mm. and then there's uh, there's a lot of value in having non-financial things like social connections, um, being a person who's easily motivated to go out there and ask questions and join things. Um, so there's more to retirement than just money really is the short answer to that, Alice. <laughs> what was that? Was that the reason that, I, I, I mean, you describe yourself as a retirement life coach rather than just simply a life coach. Was there some reason that you suddenly took an interest uh, or I assume it was suddenly took an interest in retirement? In a way, I grew into it. Um, I, I did finish up my professional life early. Um, I had a, an unexpected divorce come into my life and that took a lot of my energy and I had to refocus my life. Mm. Um, so um, I, I was running out of puff in being a classroom teacher and I knew that there was more to life than being a, a teacher. And I'd asked yeah. myself that question for several years and finally I did something about it. I went off and I retrained and um, the focus of my life changed to wanting to, um, I knew that I wanted to help other people and that's, I, that's as broad as can be. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assisting people in the experience that I went through. So in a way, what you've done is they, they call this uh, new direction, they call it an encore career. But in a sense, the, the fact of retirement has actually opened up new opportunities for you. It's given you, well, a, probably a painful process of, of looking, re-examining your own uh, life and what you really want in life. And, and it's given you time to, to change, you know, to, to retrain and then do something completely new, which is also very rewarding, I assume, perhaps not financially, but certainly personally rewarding. Certainly is. And um, before I did uh, finish up in the paid workforce, I spent the last nine years um, as a welfare officer. And um, and that was when I knew that that would, I should have probably done that years ago. <laughs> that was... Uh, my true purpose in life was to be in there and assisting people who were feeling how I had felt, um, you know, overwhelmed and, oh, my gosh, what's next? And, oh, I've got to change this and I've got to change that about my life. Yeah. Is there some question that most clients start off by, by when, they, when they ring you up and say, you know, what can you do for me? Is there some question they ask you? Okay. <laughs> It's usually, um, it could be like, what is life coaching? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Like you said, I've never, they, sometimes they say, I've never heard of it before, but so-and-so said it was, you know, you're the person to go to. Um, yeah, so it could be, what is life coaching? Or it could be a question, something like, um, oh, look, I'm not sure about whether I want to stay as a, an accountant, a lawyer, whatever, or if there might be something else out there, 
I know for years I've dreamt about, you know, being an artist or, yeah, so it depends, yeah. There's, there's not a, quite a scope of things. Yes, there's a, a range of questions because when you ask a person, you know, what's on your mind, you're going to answer it totally different from the person next to you. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, so the answers that you give presumably are different depending on the question. Oh, it's a very uh, personalised service, Alice. Very one to one. Um, and uh, yes, everybody's story is different, and uh, the questions can be um, similar in trying to change the way they're seeing their issue or their dilemma, um, but. Yeah, the answers are very, uh, very individual and, and is, pertinent. Is there any sort of, would you like to give us an example of a success story, one of your clients that you would regard as a success story in terms of that transition from retirement to, well, from work to retirement, unpaid work, well, I suppose. Not necessarily unpaid work. Not, yeah, that's right, not necessarily. Oh, look, I think of... Um, well, I've got two types of clients, right? Those that are the professionals still in the workplace and they're starting five to ten years away from retirement age and they're starting to think about, oh, my gosh, retirement's looming. What am I going to do? So yes. that's one type of client. And the other type of client is the client who has taken retirement. Uh, a lot of Australians end up taking early retirement for health issues. Um and they just find it is just not working. Um, mm. So let me think of a client for my first group of clients. Um, now, Kath. Kath came to me. Kath worked in IT um, and she was, I think she was 62 when she first came to me and she said, oh, I don't know what to do. I know that I haven't kept up with my IT skills and my contracts are starting to run out. I just go from one contract short term to another. I don't want to mm. keep doing that. I'm, I'm too tired to go back and retrain, upgrade my skills. I don't know if I want to retire because I don't know if I've got enough money. I'm worried about that. Um, so, so she had a lot of issues really, didn't she? She did, and in, you're right, Alice, because, in fact, she had some psychological issues that I'm not qualified to deal with, so I referred her on to, uh, after we'd got the retirement, should she or shouldn't she retire, she chose to retire. And okay. After going to see a financial planner um, who assured her she had enough income to retire on, and I also um, referred her on to a psychologist to work out the psychological issues that were impacting the way she lived her life. Yeah. yeah. So she hasn't, you do, do you know where what her outcome has been? Yes, I do. Um, she has been very beneficial in her retirement. Um, she's uh, active in her local community in contributing in a volunteer capacity. Mm -hmm. She's involved with her, she's become a grand parent again and she's contributing so positively into mm. that family's life um and yeah she oh she bought herself a dog 
you know, so that's her companion. She's out there walking the dog every day. But that is great for the dog as well, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. But no, so, so your other example about someone who has actually retired or you know, mm. made that step, but it hasn't been very successful. I know the research says that for some people, that first year after after retirement can be a period of serious depression you know, when they really are lost in terms of finding something to do? Well, I can tell you about one of my first clients, um, Gary. I, he was a lawyer for decades um, in a big city firm and he was all set to play golf three times a week. That's what retirement was for him now. Oh, really? <laughs> he retired in the November of one year. And by March the following year, we were, he was talking to me and saying, this is not working. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's just terrible at home. Things have changed at home. Mm -hmm. And there was, his wife had retired five years earlier and she had her set routines and her set patterns and he wasn't fitting into her routine. That's a classic situation, isn't it? It is. You read yeah. about those all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so look, we dug a little deeper into what was happening in the household and um, really it was it turned out it was a problem of the way they were communicating, the way that Gary was communicating with his partner. And so we worked out some different ways for him to be able to talk to his wife about what he wanted to do in his retirement. Mm -hmm. And um, look, in a very short time, the house was on the market and they were moving interstate to be near um, an adult son and grandchildren. That is a great story, actually. Mm. That's a classic story, isn't it, mm. about people making both a, a, a lifestyle, real lifestyle change and, and also getting more satisfaction in their life because the interpersonal connections are really important, aren't they, once you retire. You have more time and you want, and you want to give back that, that experience that you had exactly you want to be a part of your family's life yes for this last third of the run yes. we get at life <laughs> yeah and I um certainly in the in my book I discuss people that I have known of uh who have made that change in their life I've always thought it's better to do it early in the retirement period when people are relatively well and have you know got lots of energy rather than later, because earlier in your life, you're more likely to go out and start having a social life. I mean, not, not that I'm saying that I, I certainly think the family is important, but I also think that it's very important for people to develop their own social connections and, and you know, follow their interests. You know, if he likes golf, go and join a golf club, meet new people and settle into the community so they have their own framework, their own social networks. And then, you know, they don't make the, their family, who they may not have had day-to-day -day contact for a long time, the, the only focus in their life. And, and certainly I can see that as being very, very valuable thing in that case. I've, I've known of people who've done it and have, you know, because they've done it in their 60s, it's been, it's been a relatively straightforward process. Yes, you're right there, Alice, because... Um... At the University of New South Wales, um, they did some research on the resources that you need for a successful retirement. And after having an income and having good health, 
The next most important um, resource to have was to have social connections mm. so that you are feeling as if you are contributing, that you're not sitting at home fading away into old age. Yes, yes. I think this, this thing about retirement does not include irrelevancy is very important because I think that's particularly for professional people and lawyers I know um, are really bad at this. They just, they want to feel important and recognised and that's why they, they want to continue in their, in their working life. I know someone who's in his 70s, a barrister who is basically very tired of doing the work he's doing, would, would really like to give up, you know, just really doesn't have any enthusiasm for it but can't quite let go, you know, mm -hmm. because what am I going to do instead, you know? And, and yet I would say that lawyers are incredibly well qualified to give back, particularly in that sense of, of, of going onto boards, which most people find fairly boring, basically. Mm -hmm. And yet legal expertise on boards is a very valuable asset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, saying this to, to uh, this barrister, he just sort of thought, oh, you know, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know it's horses for courses, you know. Yeah, and, and there's mentoring when you're a, a retired mm. person, professional. You've got so many skills to contribute. Yeah, mm. and I, I spoke to someone, I went to uh, for a coffee with someone I know, and he's doing student mentoring. He's got helping, you know, there's homework clubs, for yeah. disadvantaged kids, so he's—it's not his background particularly, um, but he's—he's he's really liking dealing with young people and helping them with their—you know—get through. And he's good at maths and that kind of thing, and that's usually one of those sore points for students. So he's being useful doing that. Absolutely. And, and, there, are, and there is, you know, our society, particularly our society, cannot survive without having millions of, of volunteers keeping all these different um, nice. services, the unpaid services, obviously, mm. but so very valuable. I Absolutely think. valuable. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much um, the only, are there any questions that I have not asked that I should have asked? Oh, let me. Oh, I don't, I can't think, I can't think <laughs> of anything else because uh, I would have thought there was a real demand for, for your kind of services, because you know the the percentage of older people in our community is cons consistently mm. increasing, just because we're living longer, basically. Yeah, I I was just going to say, uh, add that, um, you know, what's the best thing about being a retirement coach? Oh, um, what a good know. question. And it's uh, it's when I think of my client, Kath, that I shared her story with you, you know, it just makes my heart sing when I see what Kath's doing today compared to how she was when she first came to yes. chat with me. Yeah. I can, I can certainly understand that. The reality is that for a lot of people, working, you know, being in work forever is, is not such a great experience, you know, and and. But, but neither is being on holidays all the time either, you know, that people, people sort of hang on to their jobs that really don't satisfy them. And, and yes, they do provide income, obviously, and, but, and friends and a sort of social life of sorts, but not really any sense of satisfaction. So mm -hmm. it's a really great thing to be at. Retirement can be such a rewarding period 
for people that I think you being able to help people see there are other opportunities out there is, is a great thing to be, you know, to actually publicise it, I think is a, is a great idea. Thank you, Alice. I think it's a great idea too. <laughs> yeah. No, there's um, plenty of work to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. 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 So thank you for... Okay, Alice. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for asking the questions today. So it was made a nice refreshing change for me. Yeah, and a and, change for me too. Yeah, that's true. Yes, and um, I'd just like to thank you so much for what you have done for this little series, Alice, and um, I'm sure that we're going to meet somewhere again along the way. Right. Indeed, I'm expecting that. that would <laughs> I'm be going good. to... I'm, I'm, yeah, my, my work in, in uh, writing about retirement, because just like you, I have found it uh, so different to what I thought it would be in the sense of that I realised there were so many other things that, that people could do and, and, and the difference that so many people are making in, in concrete ways to our society, you know, whether they're being volunteers in nursing homes or going into volunteering in hospitals or you know, even boring things like, like Meals on Wheels, in that part of society, it's such a valuable thing to be doing. So that I, I um, have found, and, and in a personal sense, because I formerly have, have, have actually retired, I've just found so many new things opening up to me. I'm meeting completely different people. And uh, as I was telling you, I think before we started this recording, um, I belong, I sit on a board of a, a women's advocacy group and I'm writing submissions. It's a great thing for me because I get to use my writing skills that I really like, but it also allows me to be passionate about assisting women at the moment, but assist, well, assisting people generally. And I'm thinking about myself as well when I'm not so capable of, of doing this kind of work. I want to have a better retirement. I want to have a better old age. Yes. That's really what I'm thinking about. Yep. Adventure before dementia. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Good on you, Alice. That's All great. Thank, Thank you, you so Thank much, you Alice. Bye, bye for now. Bye. So today we have taken a deep dive, Alice interviewing me about life coaching. And so if you want to find out more about my services or um, about retirement life coaching for yourself, um, I have a website and I have, uh, I have a few resources there for you. Um, if you Google, Google desire to retire or, or three W's desire to retire.com.au, um, there's a quiz about what's on your mind and I have a wheel of life on the website and, um, plenty of podcast episodes about the different aspects to retirement life. So thank you indeed for listening. You have been listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. Want to check out how well you are progressing in planning for your retirement? To gain some clarity on planning a meaningful retirement, try the simple no-cost tools or access this special three-part podcast series at retirementlife.coach. I am your host, Estelle Kelly. 
Thank you for listening.